You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 63. I'm Seth, and I want to tell you some stories today about how I learned that a person is only as strong as their network. Can't wait to tell you this stuff. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, since he's finished making dinner. Hey, everybody, how's it going? I'm Seth. Glad to be with you today on the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm going to talk really briefly just about a few things of import to uh, the journey that I've been on. I want to share them with you. And if you're a communication director or even if you're a pastor or leader in a church, you'll see some themes that kind of emerge over this story that you might be able to relate to that might give you a little bit of encouragement and also help you know what the next step you maybe should take is. I don't know if that's a grammatically correct sentence. I don't care. Here we go. So I want to tell you really quick how to follow me. First, get the show notes. Well, there's not going to be any show notes, really, but go to sethmuse.com slash 63, and uh, that's where this podcast is going to be hosted on my website. I hope you're downloading it in iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or something like that, wherever you get podcasts. I'm working on getting this thing on Spotify. Uh, truth be told, I thought it was there, and it's not. And whoops, I have a playlist there uh, of old music that I was listening to when I was writing or whatever, but uh, not really. The, the podcast is not there. So I'm working on that this week. Hopefully get that up. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Seth Muse. That is the easiest place to connect with me or go to SethMuse.com. And I'd love to connect with you there. Um, this week, uh, I just wanted to talk with you really briefly about how things kind of went down uh, to get from youth ministry to communications. So it's a really interesting story. Here we go. Let me tell you. So I'll tell you, I started in youth ministry a long time ago. Uh, I was fresh out of high school and I was in, in a choir at, at college and I was there on a scholarship. I, I could sing. And so I got a vocal scholarship, full ride to a junior college in uh, vocal performance. And I met some friends there and they got me connected to a youth ministry where I started to uh, play bass in a worship team. Then I began to lead worship and I started thinking, huh, youth ministry is pretty cool. I mean, youth ministry is where I could uh, hang out with people that were closer to my age. You know, I didn't have to feel like an old person because I don't, I was always trained to think that youth ministry was cool and church was not. And, uh, I took that into my ministry and that's one of my great regrets if you're, if you're asking, but, uh, I took that into my ministry, but I was always trained to think that. So I, I thought being in youth ministry and being a youth pastor was really cool. And so it was a place I could do all the things I wanted to do. I could play video games and get paid for it with kids. I could, I could go eat terrible food that I loved, like pizza, burgers, wings, whenever I wanted to like stay up late. Um, if I'm the youth pastor, it meant I didn't have to really keep office hours because students were in school and I couldn't get to them at school. So I could hang out with them afterwards and the weekends. And I was always working outside of the office. So it was like this really appealing lifestyle for me. And, uh, I loved it. I was good at it. And I jumped right in with no training into a church. And, uh, honestly it was, it was great and, uh, didn't end well, but it was not, I mean, it it was me just as much as it was them, but a lot of unhealthy churches out there and you'll find yourself in one of them at one point. And if you're not healthy too, that's a combustible combination. And I found myself in a couple of those positions and learned from them, hopefully enough to not do that again. But, um, anyway, find myself in this position of, of being an interim youth pastor and, um, you know, 
grew the youth ministry, did really well, and then moved on to a couple other different churches, actually moved to Colorado and, and did a, a short stint there and then came back. And then all that time, I'm a youth pastor. I'm a youth worship pastor. I'm doing videos. I'm making, you know, graphics. I'm doing all the stuff, right? In addition to teaching every week and trying to figure things out on, on my own, we got, I got married during that time to my beautiful wife, Kara. And uh, we had kids along the way. And so fast forward to a church in my hometown where I was fired. And it was a brutal firing and all over really just unhealth in the church, unhealth in me. And, uh, you know, no moral failure there. Just it was like they wanted me to do youth ministry a certain way. And I told them no, basically told the elders no. And uh, like, who are you? You're elders. You don't know anything about youth ministry. You can't tell me what to do. And turns out, yes, they can. In fact, they can tell me you don't work here anymore. And so hard lesson to learn. And if you're out there saying that kind of stuff, shut up. Because man, that is not a good path to go down. It's only going to breed disaster for you. Promise, promise you. There are people in positions of leadership for a reason. The Bible even tells us that God put them there on his own authority to do things. And to buck against them is to buck against God. And that goes for all authority. Uh, Even Caesar at the time, who was terrible, was somebody that Jesus said, hey, pray for this leader. Uh, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And so in our churches, when we can't do that for our leaders, our elders and whatever that are elected or nominated or however you do it, um, that problem is not with them, it's with you. And so that is a lesson I learned there that was really tough. And it set me on this spiral. And that's kind of where the story really gets interesting. And so um, I was at a low point in my life. I'd been hurt a couple of times by the church and church people. And that was the last straw for me, man. That was it. I actually took a job at Fox 51 KLPN. It was a new TV station, and I was a master control operator. Now, before you get impressed with that, I basically put TV on the air, and I made sure the commercials fired in the right spots, and they weren't too long. And so everything was organized, and it was planned out for me, but I had this huge board with all these monitors, and I sat back there in this hole in this stinky, musty uh, kind of area uh, by myself, all day. And I had to be there at seven. And if you know anything about me, uh, seven in the morning is, is what I sleep through. I don't wake up at that time. And I certainly am not going to be anywhere at that time. So it was tough. And I honestly found myself just really angry. And I remember even saying to my wife, I said this to a couple of people, a friend of mine, I said, I love God, but I hate his people. I just hate them. And I did. And I was really angry, angry at how I could go to a church and expect them to behave in a Christ-like way, only to be treated like crap. And I was. Um, you know, I was at fault for a lot of things, but I wasn't at fault for all the things. And so there was a lot of me that was like, this is not my fault. And so as I was kind of, as God was dealing with me in that place, I started to see a lot of similarity between where I was and the story of Jonah. You know, Jonah is told by God to go to a people that aren't nice, the Ninevites, right? He, he was told to go there and 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 tell them that he is bringing judgment unless they repent. And kind of in a way, that wasn't really my call, but my call was to go to people that are hard. That's how my ministry started, was with a fight with a kid that was an outsider. And God told me then, he was like, hey, I called you to reach this kind of person, the people on the outside, the people that are, you know, the dealing with the struggles that the church would normally reject. You're not going to do that. That was me. That was my thing. And here I was finding those kinds of people inside the church. I wasn't prepared for that. 
that God would call me to, to reach people who are, you know, turds inside the church. Cause I know you didn't think there were any in there, but there are. And so, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, I, I was not prepared for that. And it rocked my world, just absolutely rocked my world. And so I find myself sitting there like Jonah in the belly of the fish who had said, I'm done. I'm not doing what you're saying anymore, God. I'm not going to be a youth pastor anymore. And I really believe God spoke to me and said, I don't know what you think you're doing here, but I didn't call you to be a master control operator. I called you to be a pastor. I called you to be a youth pastor at this point in your life and you're disobeying. And I said, okay, I know, I got it. And so God began to work in my heart and I began to repent and I began to say, okay, maybe I'd work at a church, um, but it had to be a really specific kind of church. You know, it was like, I would go back, but it has to be the kind of church that I'm going to fit in. And it was like, I'll go back, God, but only on my terms. And sometimes, you know, when you have kids or whatever, they might say something like that. And the, and a parent might reject that and say, no, no, you're not doing that. Or they might do something worse. And the worst thing a parent can do is to give you what you want (laughs) and let you find out how little you really want that. And so I had a particular type of church in mind, in fact, a particular church in mind that um, I told God I would work at this type of church or this church, and that was it. And so... um, and let's just call it, I don't know what to call this church. I don't want to, I don't want to give out the name, but the church is, let's call it um, Friendship Church for whatever reason. Let's call it Friendship Church. So I said, I'll work at Friendship Church. That's it. And so my wife hears me say that and goes, okay, cool. So she takes the liberty to help me. Well, she helps me update my resume, but I'm like, I'm not putting that online. I'm not ready to do this yet. And she does it anyway. She puts the resume online on a website called youth specialties where youth pastors go to find jobs and youthspecialties.com. And in two weeks I get a call from friendship church. They called me. And so I'm like, okay, whoa, that's really weird. That's so weird. I didn't even know I was on out there, you know, to be called. And so I'm like, what's going on? So Kara tells me what she did. I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's pursue this because when friendship church calls you answer, it's that kind of church, right? That's the one I told God I'd work at that place and that's it. And God said, you got it, buddy. <laughs> and so they called and I interviewed and ended up in the junior high department. And I made some good friends there and I learned a lot there. I learned a lot about what not to do there. Um, there was a little bit of unhealth there as well, just like any church. Uh, I worked for a, for a guy who uh, trained me up and didn't give up on me. And, and then he left and I worked for a guy that just was didn't know what he wanted and was one of the hardest situations I've ever been in as an employee. Uh, one of them, not the hardest, but one of them. And so I spent about three years there learning a lot about what I did. And so through that youth ministry days, I really just felt disconnected from youth ministry. And I feel like the whole time I'm here and I'm like, I'm doing videos and I'm doing graphics and I'm doing the service planning and I'm like the media guy. And I'm feeling this call into communications. But here's the problem. This was like 2010. And this communication director job didn't exist. The only place it existed was in the churches that had like 20,000 people. And you had to have like serious degree and serious experience to even be considered for that job. And there might be 10 of those jobs in the whole, all of America, right? So it's much less just in Dallas. So am I moving my family? What am I doing? And so then our church started partnering with these other churches, doing some conferences. And I started hearing teachings from our stage. I'm like, I don't think that's right. I don't think I agree with that. I don't really know why. 
And finally, I said, you know what? It's time for me to go back to seminary. And so I went to Dallas Theological Seminary and left the, the left Friendship Church and uh, went to seminary and got my media and communications degree. Now, with that degree at Dallas Seminary, uh, you get a lot of good media training, really good opportunities to learn media. So it's kind of a, because by the time you learn it in seminary, it's it's outdated by the time you get out, right? So um, so you kind of get the basis of how to do things. I learned some good things there, got met, make some good connections, make good friends. And um, along the way, I just, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I thought I was going to be a worship leader. So I started interviewing for worship ministry, worship pastor jobs. And I remember thinking as, as I would be in, in front of a, a, a group of elders or something, I'd lead them in worship and I'm interviewing for this job. And somebody would ask me a question like, okay, let's, let's pretend you have a, 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 a member of your band that only reads music and you don't read music. How are you going to communicate with them? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Tell them to get with the times. I don't know. I like, I couldn't figure out how I would do it. And I started realizing I would hate this job. I do not want to do this. And so at seminary, I really believe God said, you're not ready yet. And the world's not ready for you. And I really think that was part of it. And I'll explain why. Um, so he told me one more youth ministry, just one more. So I ended up at a church here in Dallas. It was a Bible church. And I ended up working for a great uh, boss. Um, name was Brian and, uh, just incredible experience with him, but the ministry itself did not go so well. It was, it was tough. And and part of it, the reason it was tough is because God called me to youth ministry one more time. And I did not want to be there. I honestly didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be a youth pastor anymore. I just wanted to do the fun stuff. Plus I was getting older. You know, I was getting to the stage where I, I could look at students and go, I hate your music and your food and the things that you love. And I just don't want any part of it. You know, I don't want to be out late anymore. I don't want to be work. I want to work the eight to eight thirty to four thirty nine to five office hours. And I want to be able to, you know, work on the weekend or whatever. I really don't want to after hour stuff anymore. I don't want to go to your games and watch crappy basketball. I just don't. Um, I was tired of it. I was burnt out on it and exhausted, but I lasted about three years there and, you know, learned a lot, gained a lot from that experience. And just through that, uh, time there is where God began to show me that I might be better suited for media and tech. And I was like, ah, tech, I'm not really good at that. I don't really want to do that. So I began to explore things and here's where it gets good. I started, it, I started kind of exploring some of the podcasts and blogs that I'd heard about several years ago that I'd kind of ignored up until this point. And I came, I remembered one website just from memory that I thought I need to go check that out and see if that's a good place to start. So I typed in churchmarketingsucks.com and found Dave Shrine, found the podcast and started listening to that. And from that moment, I, I was hooked. I was like, Man, this guy is speaking about stuff that I care about, but I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know it was called communications. I didn't know it was branding. I didn't know it was marketing. I thought it was just media. I had no idea what to what to call it. And so I'm just, but I'm hooked, you know. And so I started even talking to my boss about, hey, um, could I take on more of a media type role because that's what they wanted. That's what they would call it. Really thinking like you might think I'm going to help with the services, but I'm thinking I'm going to help with social media and I'm going to help with marketing and and branding and things like that for our church. And so I'm trying to work my way into a job there and create that. So what happened was 
There wasn't a position there that uh, we hired a new pastor and he, he recognized the need, but we just didn't have the money. And it was like, okay, I need to move on. And so from Dave Shrine, I found Brady Shearer and pro church tools and that podcast. And I, I connected with um, the simply communicate uh, conference. I think Tim, um, oh gosh, Tim Stevens, that right? That's wrong. Look that up. Simply Communicate Conference. If you haven't heard about it, it's a great conference. So I bought that online and Johnny Cuff was speaking. That's why I wanted to buy it. And I tried to get my whole staff to go and they were like, I don't know why we need this. And I'm like, because it's the greatest stuff ever. And so I'm, I'm ignited. Right. But here's the problem. That's about 2014, 15. And still the communication director or communications pastor role, there were more of us, but there still weren't very many uh, out there and very many opportunities. Um, the job that God had, I'm sorry, and I was starting to see that the job that God had really suited me for and put a passion in my heart for, um, back in 1999 or 2000, when I started this, I'm looking back over my life and go, he put this fire in my heart, but the job didn't exist yet. And I had to do something that led me to this point so that now I could be in communications like I am. And, and, and thriving in a place where I love what I do. It is such a harmony between my calling and my actual job. Whereas in youth ministry, it was like I had a calling and I couldn't really quite identify it, but, but youth ministry kind of scratched that itch for me a little bit. So it was okay. You know, I could have, I could have gotten that out of worship ministry. I could have gotten that out of being some other pastor in the church. I could have done it from a media position, you know, whatever. But the real itch that needed to be scratched was communications. And so as I went to that conference, started trying to work my way into a job, it didn't work out. And so by this point, I'm, I'm like, I'm ready. I know exactly what I want to do. I'd applied at a couple big churches, but here's the deal on my resume. I was just a youth pastor, right? No, nothing on my, on my resume suggests that I would be good at this job. So I knew I had to get out of youth ministry. I had to make a break. So a friend of mine who was in the, in my youth ministry said, Hey, well, I don't know what you're really looking for, but I've got a position. You can come help me at my acrylic company and uh, I'll pay you really well to come and travel and help me with sales and help me with setting up at shows and doing that trade uh, trade show kind of circuit. Um, and, and, uh, and you can do marketing and you can practice doing some of that stuff and help us out with it too. And I don't think he really knew what he, he wanted me to do on that side. I really don't think he cared that much about that. I mean, as much as he did the other, whereas I was the opposite, I'm there to do the branding and I don't really care about the sales side. So it really wasn't a match and a fit. And we both kind of knew it, but we were going to try to make it work because he's a good friend, a good friend named Sean. I really appreciate everything he did for me. Um, I didn't last very long there. I lasted about eight months uh, because in that time I'm sitting at that desk going, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. So that's where I jumped into a Facebook group called church communications. There were about 1,500 people in there, maybe. I got to know Justin, Dean, and Katie, and Daryl, and uh, even connected with Brady a little bit, and, and uh, Kenny Jang, and some of these other guys, Wes Gay, people that you see in that group a lot, and started to make friends and rub shoulders with these people and realized that I could learn more from them than I could from podcasts and blogs and doing this on my own. So I started asking questions, and then I realized I started answering questions, and it became this transition from... I'm learning to, I can actually help people with this. And so I, I, I don't remember the exact moment, but I remember when I thought, all right, Seth, this is it. You're going to get in this group and get smart enough that somebody's going to give you a job. And in that same moment, I remember thinking, no, no, you know what? I have waited 
I have waited 19 years of ministry for this, and I'm not waiting anymore. I believe God told me to go. And if I sit here another minute and I don't go, I'm going to disobey. I'm going to go. And I said, I'm, I'm not waiting for someone to tell me that I'm a communicator. I'm a communicator now. And I started a blog and I started a podcast and I started talking about leadership and communications and media, whatever I could talk about until I finally focused down into who I really wanted to be and who God had called me to be and found that harmony. And I ended up taking a part-time job at a church because I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't find enough value and meaning. I'm, I'm one of those guys that has to have meaning in my job and getting paid is not meaning for me. It is just not. It's why I give a lot of stuff away. Meaning is, is something to do with the gospel being, being spread or, or meaning is, is helping someone's life improve or, or get better at something. And I found meaning in being able to teach through my blog and through this podcast. I found meaning in being back in the church, which I didn't know if I could get back in the church. So I found a part-time job at the Heights Baptist Church, great church here in Richardson as the part-time social media and web. And what's funny is I have no business doing web. <laughs> I have my own website and it's barely held it together, but I learned a lot about web while I was there. And my boss there, uh, his name was Sean, uh, really helped me out and gave me a lot of grace. Great team to work with, still a healthy church, love that church. Um, we actually picked that church because um, we wanted to go there. So we were like, let's not pick a church based on where I think I can get a job. Let's just pick a church now that I'm not, you know, now that we're not involved and, you know, I'm not on staff anywhere, but let's pick a church and let's get involved and then let's volunteer. And so let's just be people in the church. We'd never done that before. And so we picked this church and I contacted Sean and said, Hey, I want to volunteer. This is maybe in June. Uh, and I was still working at the acrylic company and I uh, said, I just want to volunteer. And he said, let's have lunch. So we had lunch. And then we, while we're sitting at lunch, um, wasn't too long in the conversation that Sean said, well, I appreciate you wanting to volunteer, but I think I may have a job for you. Uh, huh? Well, I'm kind of believe God really wants me to stay at the acrylic company right now. Um, I really believe that. And I really didn't want to, I was starting stuff on my own, you know, trying to try the entrepreneur route and like what maybe I can't just keep flip-flopping, right? I got to commit to something. So I'm going to stay here. And he said, well, that's good because we can't hire you right now. Anyway, our budgets roll over in like August or something, and maybe we can hire you then. So it's like, perfect. Well, by the time August came around, not August, October, by the time October came around, I was ready to leave. God had moved me through that the experience I needed to have at the acrylic company with my friend. And it was getting to where I really just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do for my job. It was not connecting and bless this guy. who's my friend. He was trying to find things for me to do. And it was like, cause what he needed from me, I really couldn't do well. And what I wanted to do, he didn't really want. And so he's like, how do I fire my friend? You know, cause he's just not good at this job. And so, uh, bless him, you know, but he, he took me out to, to breakfast. Like, you know, I just don't think this is working out. And I was like, Hey bud, let me just stop you and save you right there. I'm actually going to take another job at a church because I agree this is not working out. And he goes, Oh good. That's awesome. So it was, it was awesome. It was great. It was definitely God's timing. And from that point on, I cannot tell you how perfect God's timing has been because when you're on the wave that the Holy spirit starts, all you have to do is stand up on the board and he does the rest. It's amazing. And it's one, you don't get those moments all your whole life. You don't get those a lot. 
But when you reckon, just like a surfer, he's out there waiting for that wave. You don't get the good waves all the time. But when you get a good wave, you got to be ready to stand up and ride the wave until it's done or you're going to miss it. And I recognize this is a moment for me to ride this wave. And so God took me to the heights and I started copywriting on the side. Uh, one of my friends, Barbara Carnero, has uh, had hooked me up with some co- guys who need copywriters. And I found out I was okay at writing. So I started copywriting. And for money, yeah, people paid me for it. And I uh, got hooked up with two, two of these uh, com- two companies that really gave me some decent work. Um, I learned a lot. And uh, I was happy at the heights. I was getting ready to launch products and become the entrepreneur, you know, and let's have a platform and let's have something, a, a, pay, a pay-to-play kind of Facebook group. And let's do some, let's do all this stuff. Let's do it. I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, I'm like, yeah, here we go. Here we go. And all of a sudden, which is a word that God does not do, sudden. Nothing is sudden to God. But my wife, who had been working full-time as a web developer, her company kind of uh, entered some, some struggle. And one of their major clients cut business with them considerably. So my wife's job went from full-time with benefits to contract work with no benefits. So that was a moment where we had to make a decision. And I believe that was God kind of preemptively because he knows me he knows that if i don't he doesn't make me leave something and do something that I, that and go away from something that i'm enjoying or do then i won't do it i'll just hang on and and so he knew i'm gonna have to make him go and so when when she lost those benefits and that full-time salary that's when i said uh and with my wife together we, we prayed through this really hard and we're like okay i gotta find a job so i put my resume out there in three places and found Hope Fellowship. And that's where I am now as a full-time communications director in a position that I would honestly could only describe as dream job. I have resources, I have a team, I have a boss that trusts me and I love working with. It is something I can't believe that I get to do every day. I get to go to work and do this every day. And it's a blessing and a privilege. And it all started because I started connecting with people in groups and finding people who could help me do this better. It all started because of that. And I continued that practice through that. The whole time that underlying feature of of this story is there were so many people along the way that got me here. I would have never done this on my own. Any great person, anything, anything you've ever done that's great, anything that you've ever accomplished in your life, if you don't look back and see the many, many people who have helped you and thank them for it, you've missed one of the, I think the points of why God put us on this earth. It is that relationship that puts you in positions and the relationships that I have with people today, they're not just to have uh, connections and, and gain power or, or, or do better things. No, they, these are my friends. And, and when you go in genuine like that, God blesses that. When you go in thinking, these people know something I don't know. Let me just ask them. Let me find out what they know. That humility, that if you bring that humility in, God rewards that. And that's why I think that a person is only as strong as their network, because there's so many people along the way that helped me get to where I am. And even to this day, so many people helping me do what I do. Like, I can't honestly take full credit for hardly anything that our church does, because our team is a really good team. And and so... It's one of those positions that I wish everyone could have. And I guess the thing that I'm trying to share with you today is hang in there, keep doing what you're doing and keep stay and stay humble when you do it. 
because there's people in your life that if you think you're alone, you're wrong. Go find them, seek them out and ask them how to do things. Ask them what they would do. Get involved in a Facebook group. Follow, get involved in my Facebook group, the Seminary of Hard Knocks group. We're talking in there a lot. We, we love to help each other. Go to the communications group. Follow, follow me on Instagram and DM me and ask me anything you want to ask. I will happily give you whatever help I can give you. So I say all that to say, man, if you're out there as a communicator and you're not far into that, you're, you're kind of at the beginning of a story, then take heart because the story's not over for you. And I would also say, stop asking permission. Stop asking permission for um, the, the, to, to be who you are. Stop asking permission to, to say, I'm a church communicator and there's things that I know. When you walk into a room and act like you're supposed to be there, people will think that you are supposed to be there and they will treat you like you're supposed to be there. So I'm saying this to you right now. If you're listening to this and you hear my voice, go be yourself, be the best version of yourself you can and ask people questions because you're only as strong as your network. Thanks for listening, everybody.